Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. This week, we have two dope guests. First up, we have Ashika of Let's Wine About It and the amazing Desiree of Mermosa Wines. Pew, 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 pew. Everybody drink Rosé. Rosé. So we sip Rosé. We gonna sip Rosé. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And yo, yo, yo. Who that is? It's me, Bartender Ben. How y'all doing? Apparently, people think you're butcher bed now. Like, you up in the kitchen. Hey, you got to do it. I mean, you literally, you taken the name Benjamin and have become a bartender, a butcher. Are you going to be a bellhop next? Like, what all the B professions are what you're doing? uh, Business owner. Oh. Business owner, Ben. Ben, busy Ben booking babies. Okay, I, I couldn't do the alliteration thing. Oh! <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Whatever, whatever. You know, we. it's been a minute. It's been a long time. We shouldn't lift you. Yeah, you know, and I would like to personally apologize to our fan base. We're going to tighten up. We're going to get this thing together, man. Well, okay, so I can ex- I can tell why we've been away. At least I can excuse myself. So what ha- happened was the American Rescue Plan. Yay! I was working on it. So all you winemakers that are international or those who are being distributors here in the U.S., those tarots, it's like, bye, bye, bye. I've been working on that, so there's no tariffs anymore. Well, okay, well, they're less. The tariffs have decreased because the previous administration imposed a huge tariff on the wine industry. And so it was hard for importers to get their wine here. And so part of what I was working on was that and the taxes. And then also for small business owners, who, you know, couldn't get relief during COVID. You know, their businesses were, you know, needing some sort of like capital, some access to it, all of those things, some PPP, you know, all those things that the government created, was working on some stuff to help restauranters, uh, saving venues, shutter venues, all of that stuff. So that finally passed. And guess what? I can now breathe. Yay! Can we get back to the work. We can get back to the business of having fun. Exactly. Well, for now. There's more work ahead, so... Always work. We gotta have that work-life balance. Yes. Work-play balance. Yes. Work-rosé balance. Yes. Work-rosé and slay. (laughs) Yes. And I am now in the rosé-slay phase of life. I I dig it. Yay! I'm slaying, too. Well, in the rosé fashion, what what we're drinking today is Mermosa. And it is the official wine of boats. And, and this is a whole bunch of bees, too. Boats, brunch, and beaches. Almost said 
I know, yeah. Because I was on a roll. I feel like that should have been one of the bees in there. Well, okay. So if you've ever seen uh, Step Brothers, the movie, (laughs) yeah, the song "Boats in a." Yeah, Bo- boats and hoes. Yeah, it, it popped in my head, but that's yeah. not what they do because this is actually like a really amazing story. And like we talked to Desiree, who's the founder of it, and it's inspired by the family's for um, the family's first mermaid, which is a uh, Celestine whose siren song broke bondages of slavery and left a legacy of botanical mastery. They're handcrafted a premium wine in the coastal range of the Wilmette Valley uh, of Oregon, where the Pacific Ocean maritime air currents shape flavor profiles. Uh, it's Sea Kiss Wines makes Mermosa the official wine of boats, brunch, and beaches. And they have like this amazing wine where it has sparkly bun of white wine with a splash of real natural orange and pineapple juice. So when you open it, it already has like a mimosa, hence the mermosa. Then they have Merseco, which is sparkling white wine with zero residual sugars, a dry uh, and it's dry in a crisp finish. Um, and it's really delicious. And then they have the Rosé Celestine, which is a salmon pink, sparkly clean. It's smooth. Uh, it's crisp, juicy, round, and lush with a depth and style of fresh and balance from a Black-owned winery. It is delicious. And they have cans. They have bottles. It is just so amazing. And I love it. And yes, we want to know alcohol content. You gotta know that. 8%. In the can? The can actually is 13. Oh, oh, oh. For the rose is 13. And for the Merseco, it's 13. In the can. So you're getting that in the can. Yes, the rose can is 13. And the wow. Merseco is 13. Y'all gotta go get this too. Yeah, it's yeah, so scrumptious. And what's dope about this, it, it tastes like rose. I know a lot of times we, we, we taste the canned roses and it tastes, you know, maybe a little watery or. You know, kind of beery. Yeah. Feel. Yeah. Nah, this right here, it tastes like a glass of rose. Yeah. And you can pour it in a cup, pour it up, pour right. it up. Right. So definitely go out and get this. And it's 13. Let me look at this again. 13%. Who in the hell left the gate open? Right. 13%. Shut the door. You can't beat that. I mean, it's scrumptious lessons. Get it in your cup, fill it on up. That's what you got to do. Scrum, scrum, lessons. Yeah. Yay! And I'm so excited about, like, talking about her. But we also talked to Wine About It. And Ashika, she and her husband created a wine store in uh, Virginia. And, like, how she talks about how it came to be. It's really cool. So that's our first interview. And then we talked to Desiree. So it's pretty cool uh, interviews we have today. Yeah, some very, very brilliant people. A good, good, solid wine brand here. Yes. Well, let's 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 just get into it because, like, clearly we're enjoying this wine. Yes, we are. All right. Well, first up is Ashika of Let's Wine About It. Pew pew. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today, I'm so delighted. I've been fangirling, stalking 
uh, just following, liking, sharing, and also like literally thinking, when can I meet this person? Because I feel like we would be best friends for life. I'm so excited. She has this Instagram page called Let's Wine About It. She is the most amazing Ashiga. Yay! <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank so, you for having me. Yeah, and like I, I literally like follow, like subscribe, share all of your stuff because it's so cool. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, how did you get started into like this world of the wine industry? So, I think my my story is a little bit different, probably from most wine lovers. Um, I actually fell in love with wine just by the taste of it. So. Um, I decided to join a wine club so that I can taste a lot of different wine. And when I joined the wine club, um, I learned that there is so much complexity to wine. And then I became curious about wine. So I became um, what I call um, a bougie broke wine drinker. Yes. Uh, I wanted to look for all those good wines, but at a reasonable price that I can afford. Um, so as time went on, I stopped going to like your local grocery stores, etc. I would look for small wine shops so that I can try something new. So I fast forward a little bit more. I live um, in Chesterfield, not far from Chester. And so one day I decided I did not want to drive far. I wanted to um, kind of stay in the area but I wanted to find a unique bottle of wine. So I started out on my mission going up Iron Bridge Road, and I'm thinking, I know there's a wine shop because ha- everybody's drinking wine right now. There has mm-hmm. to be a wine shop. And lo and behold, there was no wine shop. So I've been saying for years, one day I'm going to open up my own wine shop. And believe it or not, I'm so spontaneous. I just came home and I said to my husband, Okay, there's no wine shop on Iron Bridge. We're opening a wine shop. Ah! And, and I'm telling you, <laughs> he looked at me as if I was crazy. And I said, I'm serious. And when we found this location, um, I said, okay, it, it, it's meant to be. Because if it was not meant to be, we would not have found this location. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, within... Three months, we were um, up and running into a wine shop. And it's just been a fun journey for me because now I not only get to um, drink different wine, I get to tell other people about different wine and I get to learn about different wines. So it's just been a fun journey. Wow. Like... That's crazy because I think a lot of us, you know, especially those that like grew up and like we didn't go to wineries. Our parents didn't really like allow us to drink, you know, because I come from one of those families that are very Christian. And my mom be like, even at my age now, my mom was like, you're not drinking in front of me. So like culturally, we don't really have that sort of like early age experience in the wine world. So when we go to college or move out on our own or go to military, we we find and discover alcohol and we're like, oh, this is good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we also want to do it on a budget. And so it's cool to hear how you got started because like budget wine is actually good wine, to be honest. <laughs> yes. It definitely is. So with with like your start and like creating a wine store, how did like the community sort of like welcome you? I mean, and I mean like the wine community. 
So, you know, I, I think that um, anytime you get a new face, a young face, and, and definitely a face of color, um, I think people ultimately want to do one of two things. Either they are interested in what you really know about wine. I've had people um, come in and, and try to quiz me about my educational level with wine and um, you know, it's like people, um, I'm just here to have fun with the wine. Um, but then you have those who were sort of open arms and Benita um, Johnson, I'm not sure um, where you are in the area, but Benita Johnson is, um, she's a black woman, she's a sommelier, and she is one that I've been talking to for years um, about wine. And when I called her, she immediately came over um, just kind of had a conversation about, with me about what's best um, for the community that I was in. She gave me some advice because she was actually the first black woman in this area to open a wine shop. And so she gave me a lot of advice. And so there were those who embraced me with open arms. Um, and then I think we still have those who sort of shrug off like, okay, you know, she's just some little girl playing in wine and but it, it's okay. I mean, I think the community itself where we are, they um, have loved the idea of having a wine shop right in the area. They can come in and have a glass of wine. We um, offer tastings. We offer flights. And so some people um, in our area are just having a lot of fun with it, learning new wines as well. Ooh, I love it. So you're, you're like in... Not Richmond, but in that area, right, of Virginia? I am. Yeah, okay. So I'm in D.C. So, yeah, that ain't nothing but a quick car ride. (laughs) A hot skip and a jump. (laughs) Right, literally. And so, yeah, we'll we'll be at your wine shop shortly. (laughs) If it wasn't snowing, we will be there now. Awesome. No, but like, yeah, and especially in the DMV, I found there's so many... Blacks, especially getting into wine or like they've been in it for like 20 years, but no one knew about them. Yes, I agree. Listen, um, I think I saw one of the things that we were going to talk about is what's up and coming. And I'm telling you, I think the face of wine is changing. The Mm -hmm. culture is changing. Um, You know, we're getting younger we as African-Americans are um, just really starting to embrace our love for wine. We're not afraid um, to go into a restaurant and order a glass of wine that, you know, we normally would not be able to pronounce Or, You know, the, the funny one for me is when I'm in a restaurant and, and the waiter makes um, an assumption and, and asks if I'm looking for something as simple as white Zinfandel or... Yes, or um, Moscato. <laughs> Moscato. Oh. And it's like, no, I'm not looking for that. Like, oh, I get, I get very angry when yeah. I'm offered a Moscato. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, like, it has a time and place. Like, I'm not, listen, I've had a fair share of Moscatoes in my life. Yeah. However, comma, when I'm out having fine dining or a good brunch celebration, Ask me if I want Moscato. <laughs> Absolutely. It's an assumption that we make that women, and especially women of color, all want a sweet wine. Yep. And even if you want sweet, there are other sweet wines outside of Moscato, but give me a chance to answer the question. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and maybe I want a bourbon today. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, I'm here for that. Right. Like, and I think that's the other thing, too. 
when it comes to like this whole industry and you know I think seeing so many amazing entrepreneurial blacks like yourself who has wine stores we're seeing more restaurants that are like wine bars uh in black communities and you know I, I I take it from like the page of the coffee shops you know we didn't used to see a lot of black coffee shops but yeah I love a good coffee yes. shop <laughs> yes we have a lot in common I love a good coffee shop I love a good bourbon and I certainly love a good wine Yes. Okay. <laughs> we have the trifecta going. <laughs> Absolutely. So with, with you owning a wine store, like how do you like acquire sort of like brands? Do they like sort of reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? Because I think there's a lot of people who are interested in sort of like creating a wine store or shop in their local community where, where it's like a safe haven. Um, yeah. Because sometimes going to like, you know, like the the run of the mill in your community. We're not, like we said, except that we're just expected to drink some like cheap Moscato that's upcharged. So like, how did you get like the brands that are in your shop? So um, when I, when I first um, opened the store again, I had, I was fortunate enough to have a mentor who was in the business and pretty um, popular in the business. And so she um, gave me a lot of guidance. Um, but once you, we in Virginia, you have to post a public notice that you are opening um, to sell wine, beer, whatever you're selling. Um, once we got our doors open, we had we started with two, three distributors that I was familiar with. Um, but people started coming, distributors started coming, and they would, you know, bring me things to taste, um, come in and meet with me, just kind of give me a run of the meal of what they're offering. Um, over the last year, um, we have just built relationships, and now they pretty much know what, you know, my community that, that um, actually patronize us, what they like, what they drink. And so when something new comes in, I've got a great relationship um, with all of my distributors. They'll call and say, hey, we have this new bottle of wine in. Um, and I think your folks would love it. Um, if I just want a sample, they'll bring a sample out. If you know, if I want to order just a couple of bottles to try it out, they'll do that as well. Um, for me, on my own, I just sit around and kind of do a lot of educating myself. Um, when my guests come in, I like to have fun with them. I like, you know, in my staff as well. If they come in and they do typically like Moscato, you know, we laugh, we joke about it, and we introduce them to something else um, by just offering a tasting. And you'd be surprised at how many people have gone from drinking Moscato to drinking a red blend, drinking a white blend, um, just trying something new because they just didn't know. You, you only know what you know, right? And so we just kind of educate ourselves and everybody else educates us and, and we offer what's offered to us. Wow, I love it. And so like, do you have any like wines right now at the wine shop that are like so like, I've never tasted anything like this before that's like sort of new in the market or even like... um I know it's Black History Month, so like, even like if there's like some uh, black wine companies where you're like, wow, this is just like, I've never had anything like this. This is innovative. Or is it sort of like we're seeing like just a little bit of differentiation within the rosés and the wine, like white wines, red wines? Um, so we have, we have, 
our most popular wine in the store. It's not new. It's just, um, I would say it's new to people um, who are not familiar with it. Um, it's called Little Bosco. It's an Italian red wine. And my sweet wine, I mean, we can sell a case of this stuff in a couple of days. Wow. Yeah, because it's just that popular. And it's it's um, a, a diverse group of people, you know, diverse in age, um, diverse in culture. They just love Little Bosco. Um, for me, I I am um, big on black wines. Um, just, you know, I always say something good came out of, if anything good, something good came out of um, the administration we're just coming out of. And that mm-hmm. is that, you know, we, <laughs> you encouraged us to stand up <laughs> in the face of adversity. And I mean, we, we just kind of showed off and, and I am supporting every black winemaker I can possibly think of. And that's what's in my store. We have a display where we display every black winemaker that we get into our shop. Um, and those are the wines that I encourage people to get. We have two winemakers that are in the area that we support very big. And one is Gwen Hurt with Shoe Crazy. I'm sure you've yes! heard of Shoe Crazy. Yes. I, we had Gwen on uh, last season. She is so amazing and her energy is oh, yes. so beautiful. Absolutely. So we carry all of her wines and people um, love her wine. And then Benita Johnson, uh, my mentor, she also works with Gwen and has one under Gwen that's called Exclusive White. Um, and it's it's really good. It's refreshing. Um, I love mine, Sir Chill. Um, but one of my friends, one of my girlfriends, she loves hers at room temperature. So it's a very diverse drinking wine, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what I would say to people. I would say it's Black History Month. You know, we still have a few days left in February. Get out there. And, um, you know, try your black wines. And even if it's after Black History Month, get out there and try your black wines because we're doing a great job. Yeah. And as my dad would say, every day is Black History Month. I'm like, Dad, it's every day is in a month. But I get what you're trying to say. (laughs) Hey, I like it. I like it. (laughs) Yes, yes. So how can people connect with you and actually like shop with you? Are you online and ship, you know, throughout the U.S.? So we we do not ship throughout the U.S. yet. We can only ship in Virginia. Um, But if you are in Northern Virginia, we can certainly get to you. Get a P.O. box in Northern Virginia. I mean, Um, it's just down the street. (laughs) Go ahead and do it. Arlington, Alexandria, Crystal City, go. That's right. Go for it. So we do have a website. Um, It's thelittlewineshop.org. Um, and when you go to our, our website, if you see some things um, that you're interested in, but we it might not be available on the website, um, you can actually contact us through the website or you can get us through our social media page. Um, the Facebook page is The Little Wine Shop. Um, and the Instagram page is underscore Little Wine Shop. So they can reach us through either of those. And I'll also throw out there that we've started a wine subscription for those people who are not ready to leave home yet. We deliver wine straight to your door anywhere in Virginia through UPS. And we have a subscription as small as three bottles a month for less than $50. So check us out. 
uh, looks like I'm going to talk to one of my friends in Virginia <laughs> for their address. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can cross the bridge real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow, that's awesome. So people definitely follow, follow, follow. And also try out the subscription. If you do not live in Virginia, follow anyway, because you are growing. Like, you are growing like wildflowers. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, yes. And looking forward to D.C. is next on our list. So we're looking forward to it. Well, we are here to help you make that D.C. thing happen. So maybe we do a pop-up shop or something. I don't know. We're going to figure something out. Thank you. (laughs) So... Before we go, I love to ask people one last question. And being the fact that you own your own wine shop, you have tasted rosés from across the world. What's your favorite? (laughs) Right now, I am stuck on the McBride Sisters rosé. And and that one to me, that smoky finish is Mm -hmm. everything to me. So that's where I am right now. I love rosés of all kinds, but I love that sparkling, um, dry, smoky finish um, that the McBride Sisters Rosé has to offer. And yeah, and so I would say that anyone who comes to visit us in the store, um, you can actually get 10% off of any rosé that we have in the store if they mention the Rosé Hour. Ooh, y'all hear that? You better you better pack up the car if you don't live in Virginia. Drive on down. That's it. I love it. I love it. And we are definitely going to make sure everybody is aware of it. And we're going to come on down there. You know, well, if it ain't snowing, we're going to hit the road. So awesome. we will see you in a few weeks. Awesome. Yes, please come and visit us. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Of course. Thank you so much. And we got to have you on again, you know, during the summer months and even probably come do a tour with you of your of your store because we would love to show everyone how amazing the store is. Awesome. I welcome you anytime. Aw, cheers. Cheers. Wow, thanks, Ashagi. That was amazing. And I do like to whine about it. So if you are in the Virginia area, don't forget to go there, pick up some wine, and tell them the Rosé Hour podcast sent you. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we return, we're going to talk to the amazing, the fantastic, the mermaid herself. Well, by lineage, that is. Desiree of Mermosa Wines. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today I'm here with an amazing guest. She has her own wine brand and she is killing the game because it's basically anytime you feel like you want to go to brunch and, you know, we're social distancing right now and you really can't go anywhere. Open up one of her bottles or cans and you are taken right there to your favorite brunch location. It's the most amazing, the official wine of boats, brunches, and beaches, Mermosa's owner, Desiree Moisset. Yay! <laughs> your intros are the best. I, do, I, I feel like I need a, a theme song. You know, someone walking behind me with a band, like, and I'm going to get you sucker or something like that. You know, I'm here for all of that. And thank you for for giving me some credit on the introductions. I work hard on them. 
<laughs> but I feel like you need more like that Beyonce fan effect with the hair blowing in the wind and she's just standing there with her hand on her hip like, yeah, I do this because you are a boss queen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That Now I need to do a TikTok video or something. <laughs> you got to. I'm, I'm here and I will post it and post it and repost it again. <laughs> so Desiree, you are like the queen and official like drink of boats and brunches and, and beaches. Like, how did you become the queen bee and get into the wine industry? It's, it's been kind of a, a wild ride. So in my former life, I practiced law. I practiced construction law, which was a lot of fun, but I didn't like arguing or thinking about arguing all the time. So I had just my, my heart open to exploring other options. And after um, having some margaritas with, with some friends, I <laughs> decided that I wanted to open a swimwear store to help women feel beautiful and confident about themselves. Um, so I became a swimwear fit expert. I left the practice of law. I opened a swimwear store in uh, St. Pete, Florida, Ooh. right around the bay. And, and it's a tropical vibe, a vacation vibe, and... I started serving wine to help women have more fun and focus on girl time as opposed to swimwear shopping, which as you and I know, is not that much fun, usually. Yeah. It is when you pop bottles. It <laughs> is. And <laughs> agree. Uh, and yet, I had really good lighting and all and all of that stuff too. So um, so I started serving wine to create this this vacation vibe and mermaids have always uh, I've always been inspired by my family story and I can get into that in a little bit but um, I, I needed something that was refreshing for daytime and I wanted a pre-mixed wine cocktail essentially mm. and I wasn't finding what I what I wanted on the market everything was too sweet for what I was looking for I wanted something truly refreshing and so next thing you know I'm calling up wineries in in Oregon and flying out to um, Oregon wine country, getting training from uh, the great Joe Dobbs, who taught me how to do formulations. Yes. And and then um, I got a winery license and started doing taste tests with folks. So what you're tasting in Mermosa, and for, for those of you who don't know, Mermosa is, it's our flagship wine. And we use Pacific Northwest grapes, Pinot Gris, Chard blend, and then add just a splash of real orange and pineapple juice. Oh my god. It's gosh. refreshing. But what do you think? What do you think it tastes like? It tastes like literally I closed my eyes after the first sip and felt like I was at brunch, like somewhere where like like DC we do a lot of rooftop brunches and I felt like I was on a rooftop with a good summer breeze. Mind you, it's yes. negative zero here in DC with snow. <laughs> and I was like, I'm back to civilization and fun. <laughs> it literally well, took me there. That's perfect. I, I love that. And what you're tasting is the culmination of input from real people. I would do taste tests. I did a couple hundred taste tests and would formulate, do different iterations of the formula. And people would fill out these cars and tell me what they liked, what they didn't like. And so what what you're actually tasting is, um, you know, what people felt like brunch tasted like. And I, I love it. I love it. So so that's kind of a, a wild ride into the wine industry for me. And then it, I couldn't stop from there. I, I'm in love with it. So now we have Merseco, which is our mermaid version of, of Prosecco. It's a Blanc de Blanc sparkling white. 
then we have our rosé called Celestine Rosé. Oh my gosh. Um, and we also have a limited release uh, still rosé called Noisette Rosé. And um, that one's a Pinot Noir grape um, still rosé. It's really beautiful and balanced. So, um, so yeah, that's how I got into it. And like you said, like there's like a connection with you and your family to mermaids. What's that connection? So my my family's first ancestor um, from from Haiti who came to America, Celestine. Her name was Celestine. She was a Black Haitian woman. Uh, she married a white Frenchman, and this is the late 1700s in Haiti. Oh. She was our family's first mermaid. She was amazing. So they get married in Haiti, and then. They leave and move to Charleston shortly after, because there's a lot going on in Haiti. They land in Charleston. And what they didn't realize was that Philippe, her husband, would have to claim Celestine and the kids as slaves because of the way the laws <gasps> work. What? Yeah, it was it was wild. So he forged a bill of sale. And we have all these documents. It's, it, it's, so if you go on our website on mermosa.com or, or even on our Instagram, Mermosa Wines, we've got a video up there. Um, with the documents and everything. So he forges a fake bill of sale and gets some folks to sign off on it. And he does this to protect his family so he can say he owns them and they don't get sold into the slave trade to somebody else. Whoa. And then, then he goes and he petitions the state of South Carolina for his family's freedom. And it's this really beautiful love letter. And he, um, you know, asks for freedom for his family. And unfortunately, it wasn't granted. So he ended up going to work. He was a gardener. He became famous during the time for introducing a rose called the Noisette Rose. There are like 300 versions of it now because people keep crossbreeding it. They come in pink, yellow, blush. They're really, if you go to Charleston, they're in gardens there all over the place. Really? Really, it's really special. Yes, there's uh, a a Noisette Rose uh, garden there too. Um, Yeah, so when he dies, he says to the executors, sell all my stuff, give all the money to Celestine, and then sneak her and the kids out to a northern state where they can be free. So he tries, it's, it's a really beautiful love story. Oh. And the part that's always really fueled my fire and my passion for um, just having audacity is what Celestine did. She told the executor, uh, hold on, I'm not going anywhere. This is where my family business is. I've been, you know, running this thing too. This is where our land is. So she convinces the executor using her siren song, her siren powers to create a legal structure that allows herself and the kids to stay in Charleston as free people of color and inherit property. And then they eventually got their full documented emancipation. Whoa. He was a boss. I mean, it's in your DNA. Like, (laughs) my God, you can't even make that up. But like, we need a lifetime story about this. Like, wow. She was was amazing. And, um, you know, like I said, if you want to go and check out the video, the documents are up there. We're really lucky. My cousin Peggy, she's our family historian. She put a book together and we do these family reunions. And she's she does like, you know, blows them up and has these boards with all these documents and connecting our family tree. Wow. It's really special. It's really special. Wow. Like, I'm I'm like blown away because like most of us don't know our ancestry like that. And like, we right. can't trace back to the 1700s. But whenever someone who is able to do it, um, 
it's just always a remarkable story, which just, you know, shows the, you know, resilience of Black women, of women, of of Blacks, um, and how, like, the lineage continues on. And I really believe it. Like, you are a boss because your DNA was uh, (laughs) your, you know, your... It's just like, I'm blown. Like, I can barely talk because I'm like, that's so amazing. And, like, to show that, like she's a boss like no I worked hard for this business I'm not gonna like just retreat because the world doesn't like the fact that I'm a black woman like that's right. just huge wow she's our she's our logo she is our mermaid oh. so I know it's a podcast so folks can't see it but our logo is a mermaid and she is swimming inside of a C, like the letter C, but it's also a play on words. So it's C like Celestine. I get C, it. So she's swimming free in her C. And she's, um, man, It's you're right. It's really unusual for Black folks in America to have this kind of documented history. And no doubt it's because um, we were actually able back in the day to own things, right? Yeah. And pass these things down. Now there's this museum in Charleston that's opening up next year called the International African American Museum. Have you heard of this yet? Yes, I have. I have. Please tell yes, me so, you guys are going to be in there. Well, I mean, it's it's up to them, you know, the curators, if they want to include something. I That would be amazing if they did. But I will be um, included in terms of being the founding member we're founding members um and also we we have a campaign called the cousin peggy project where we're helping to raise funds for for the museum and what's really special about it is it's located on the spot where slaves came to america physically (gasps) and it has center for family research where you can go in and they have genealogists that will help you connect your family tree and they're gathering all these historical documents, birth records, death records, military service records, you know, all property records, census documents. Um, you know, so they're hoping to tell those untold stories. So I'm hoping other people will start uncovering stories like Celestine that we don't know about yet because they're there. Yeah. And I mean, uh, my family's from the other side of the island, uh, my mom's side, uh, Dominican Republic. And, you know, uh-huh. uh, she was my great, great, great. Right, grandmother um apparently like fled but had to go back so like she ended up in the u.s but like we really don't know her story like apparently she wow. did some stuff but i don't know what she did i feel like trafficking oh <laughs> they don't want to talk about the story but like i mean i think she was like trying to help people because she was a dark-skinned dominican like she looked black mm-hmm. so you know the history of dominican republic is like real mad crazy and like racism yes. was real there so yes um yeah i would love to like definitely come and maybe see if like my ancestry has touched south carolina because that's just crazy and like we still don't know like we have no clue some like people like me like i know of you know certain things about my my background but i don't know everything and how how sure. much would that like really change my personality or who I am? Would I walk into this DNA that I feel I have, but I'm not sure? You know, like I feel like that's yeah. a real thing. So it's amazing mm-hmm. to hear your story and your family uh, because you guys are all bosses and cousin Peggy. How can we help cousin Peggy? Right. Well, um, we will have up on our website the link. So basically, what we're doing is um, when you buy a membership using the link, 
then we'll go and match it. Memberships, I think they start at $25. Oh, so, so we're going to do one. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, yeah. So um, when we get that link up there, um, it'll be up by the time this, this show airs. So just click on it, get your, your membership, and then we will get a report, and then we just match it. And wow. we're donating up to $13,000 for 2021. And 13,000 because it is the 13th Amendment that freed the slaves. Come on now. You 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 are just too much. And I am here for it. <laughs> because <laughs> you guys thought of everything and even like the symbolism behind everything. And it means so much. So we will be making a donation here at the Rose Hour Podcast. Um and we'll definitely help oh, push that link. Yes, we will definitely p- push the link because it's so important. Like if it wasn't for so many black men and women, you know, who one made it through slavery because that was like a whole thing in itself to be captured and yes. through transatlantic slave trade. Um, there are people who are not born today because their ancestors died to get here right so like yes. we are the descendants right. of of those who made it and we have a purpose and so i i want to be able to fulfill part of my purpose and help out with this project and i encourage all of oh, our listeners regardless of your nationality to help with this because this is huge we got to help cousin peggy <laughs> we gotta help her we gotta help her so what else is going on with Mormosa? I know that you guys are doing some big things you have uh, a whole lot happening in the space of wine um, I know like locations are, are closed uh, across the country but like do you have any pop-up shops or anything that people can connect with you or, or follow you on social media or any ways to, to purchase your wine Oh, absolutely. There's many, many ways. So you can certainly purchase our wine through the website. We are also expanding our retail footprint. We are working on compliance for all 50 states so that we can roll out um, hopefully by the end of the year. But right now we're we're uh, primarily distributed in Florida, Texas, Oregon, Washington State, Massachusetts, Georgia, and South Carolina are coming on board real soon. Um, and you can find us in... in um, some grocery store chains. If you don't see us somewhere, just ask for us and let them know, uh, you know, we're distributed with with Republic and we usually have a list on our website of our distributors for the states. Um, so just ask and, you know, we'll try and get in there. Yes. So yes. Yeah, so we're working on it. But if you want to connect with us more, more personally, we do a lot of um, virtual events. So I've been doing some, pot, you know, podcasts like this, which is, I, I love this one. And... Aww. We also just did um, a virtual brunch for Valentine's Day. Ooh. We're going to do a, it, it, it was so much fun. So we had, we worked with Chef Melanie Cordelon. She's from uh, Jack's Filipino Chef. She's based in Jacksonville. And she's a chef over at the Sawgrass Marriott Resort and Spa. She's also worked at um, Ponte Vedra Inn and Club. She's, she's, um, she's a boss. She's amazing. And she's Filipino. And one of the reasons why she loves to cook is because she likes to share her heritage through her food. Ooh. So it felt like, you know, a perfect connection. So we did this really fun Valentine's Day brunch virtually. It was a cooking class. It was, you know, free. You just, you know, join in and, and cook along with us. And it was so much fun. We're going to do do it again for Mother's Day. Oh. So, so you'll, yep. And it'll be another complimentary, you know, just join in and have some fun. We do use mermosa as an ingredient. <laughs> so, 
I wouldn't so expect less. <laughs> you'll need it. <laughs> yeah. And how can people follow you on social media? We are on Instagram and Facebook. Just follow us at Mermosa Wines. Yes. Come on now. And that's M-E-R-M-O-S-A for those who are like, Marmosa, how do I? I get it. I'm phonetically challenged myself, people. So M-E-R-M-O-S-A. And the logo, as you said, Desiree, is so beautiful. It, it You can see Thank the you. love and care and definitely the attention to detail of your family lineage lineage, uh, and, and the logo. So it is, it is gorgeous. And I mean, even the bottling, the cans, they're all gorgeous. So if you don't even drink... Thank you. Buy it because it's cute. <laughs> put some flowers in it. Share, share it with somebody else and put some flowers in it. Yes. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I did I did the design the design work for our, our packaging. So yes. I appreciate that. You did a great job. And then I got to ask this question because we wouldn't be the rosé hour you. if we didn't. What's your favorite rosé? Noisette rosé all the way <laughs> it's our I love it it's our still rosé it's using Pinot Noir grapes from Willamette Valley it is so smooth and refreshing um, it's, it's just beautiful really well balanced I love it yeah and I mean it is delicious it's scrumptulescent it is everything in a rosé that you want <laughs> I love it I love it and it's and it's infused with Celestine's audacity Yes, yes, because you need audacity, y'all. You need it. (laughs) Well, Nazareth, we definitely would love to see you in D.C. Maybe we could do a pop-up or something around here one day. We would love to have you. Yeah, so we will talk about that offline, but to all the listeners everywhere, reach out to Mermosa, make a purchase today, go to their website. Um, It is delicious. And when I tell you, you feel like you're drinking brunch, you literally feel like you're drinking brunch. I would not make this up because I take brunch as a sport. So <laughs> it is a lifestyle. So yes, get you some mermosa. And Desiree, I, I'm just so honored and thankful for you to share your family story and how you became this amazing boss queen in the wine industry. Wow. <laughs> really appreciate it. Wow, well, thank, thank you so much. You know, I'm just... Um, I'm so happy that I get to do this for a living. It feels so good. So thank you for the support. Of course, of course. And we've got to have you on again. So we'll be... Anytime. We'll be hearing from her again soon, guys, because this woman is going places. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your time. Cheers. Cheers. Yes, Desiree. Yes, yes, yes. What a way to celebrate Women's History Month by hearing all about your family and how they got here to the U.S. That is a strong woman that you come from. So thank you so much, Desiree, for sharing about your grand great great grandmother's history and her pres her pres- resistance, her due diligence, all of those. Like amazing words, <laughs> preservation, all that perseverance. That's the word I'm looking for. Look at bartender Ben in the back, trying to make sure I'm, you know, using my ACT words. All of those things to to be, you know, the amazing uh, legacy that she is today, and for your family. Um, 
I want to thank you. I want to thank Ashaki and uh, Let's Whine About It. I want to thank Bartender Ben. We want to thank Magdalene, Angeline, all of our friends here at the Fairhill Studios for making the Rosie Hour podcast possible. Want to shout out the amazing women who are all over this world who make Women's History Month so special because without strong women, we would not have strong young ladies to look, have someone to look up to to become future strong women. So thank you for being a part of the cycle of making the world great. I'm so excited again for all the amazing things we are doing here at the Rose Hour Podcast. Don't forget to check out our website, therosehourpodcast.com. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, all of those amazing things to the Rose Hour Podcast on all podcast platforms. All social media. We are on all social media. So follow us, get you some merch on our website, and then also download our song. Our song. We have a theme song, y'all. Like, pew, pew, pew. We got one downloaded. It is free. So go to Apple, uh, Apple iTunes, and you can get this song for free. Just hit the hit the little button and be like, I like it. And guess what? You can just sip rose all day and listen to the song. It's a great song to listen to. Why would you not do it? So head to your local Apple store and get it on your phone. <laughs> well, guys, until next week, continue drinking rose, sip, sip all day, every day. You know, do it the, the Dr. Dre way, not the Renee way. I don't know. I'm rambling now. So see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.